What's up? God bless you. Listen, we're about to go into part two of Dreamer during our Sunday service this past week. I want you to consider joining us each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at the Empowerment Church. We would love to have you. Listen, when you're here, you're home. You don't want to miss what God is doing. There's so much happening at the Empowerment Church from our ministry to our outreach to our evangelism. There's a place for your family. There's a place for you to jump in, to be made whole. If you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something fresh, go ahead and give us a try. In the meantime, let's go into part two of my series, Dreamer. If you're a dreamer, if you're a visionary, if you're ready to go to the next level, this message is for you. God bless you. We're in part two of Dreamer, Daniel chapter two. We're going to look at verses one through six real quick. Daniel chapter two, verse one through six in NIV. If you can pull it up on your phone or your tablet, if you got King James, it's cool. Roll with us. It's cool in the game. I've entitled part two, the situation. Somebody say the situation. How many know God moves through situations? Wave your hand if you've ever been in a situation ship. Oh, oh, I got a couple of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff happens in situations. Pastor said, that's why I come to church. I'm in a situation ship right now, Pastor. I don't know what I have. We got something. I don't know if I want it. I don't know if it's just got me. I'm here. I need clarification. Somebody say, help me, Lord. <laughs> Daniel is in a situation and it drops in his lap, and I want to share this. Now, I need to pause because I don't do messy preaching, messy esegesis, or eisegesis. I want to make sure that we have this clear. Daniel is a prophetic dreamer. He's a prophet. So we're talking about his dreaming, and we're talking about the dreamiest part of what we're looking at today. It is not the same. Now, it is possible that many of the things that you saw God has shown you prophetically in dreams but I don't want to make, I want to make it very clear that we're not looking at the same situation that Daniel is in 2019. This is not a situation we would ever have. Hallelujah. Are we clear? So although it is different, there are some nuggets we can pull out of here or some principles we can apply to today. Be careful when you take everything in the word of God literally. Without any context, without any understanding of culture. So we're going to take this story, we're going to unpack it and pull out principles, but we're not going to apply this entire story to our life because we are not Daniel. Amen? All right. So I want to say that before we read this text because my pastor don't play them games. I want to make sure I'm tight and right. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 2 verse 1 reads, In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Verse 4. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we'll interpret it. Verse 5 says, the king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Verse 6 reads, but if you tell me the dream and explain it, 
you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Somebody say situation. Mom, we have a situation. Now let's take this back to 2019. Aren't you glad you can't apply this to your life today? I got to tell you what only you dreamt in your mind and interpret it. Or you gonna kill me and my family and burn my house to the ground. And that's some pressure, ain't it? But there's a principle in that we can get here that I want you to see. The king has a dream he doesn't understand. He needs someone to interpret it but the problem is, nobody else can see what he can see. Oh, my God. This is where the visionaries and the dreamers come in. What do you do when you're the only person in the room that can see what you see? How, how do you describe that to somebody? How do you explain what only God has shown you for your life, your ministry, your business, your children, your marriage? Visionaries have it tough because we're forced to walk into rooms and can't explain or describe exactly what we see. See, there are dreamers in this room right now. There's stuff in your mind you couldn't write down if you wanted to. There's some stuff that God has shown you that's too big for even you to comprehend. Somebody say, God, blow my mind. That's when it talks about God do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or what? Think. There's some stuff God wants to do in your life that won't even make sense to you. Visionaries have problems. Because we get up every day with dreams and visions and have to figure out how to form that and explain it to other people so we can bring them on board to build something bigger than ourselves. We have a struggle here as visionaries. So let me explain to you that the struggle isn't that you're different. It isn't that you're confused. It isn't just that you're set apart. It's just that God has shown you something nobody else has seen yet. So you have to walk out where other people don't understand. And when I don't understand it, I tend not to support it. So what do I do when it's just me, God, and my vision? Every dreamer in here needs somebody that even if they don't understand every piece of what God is doing, they understand enough that they can go with me. Because see, in this season of your life, you don't have time to be connected to people who got more questions than answers. You've given them ideas and given them visions and they say, well, I don't know how we're going to do that. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know if we're going to have the support for that. I don't know where we're going to get this fly to make this happen. Are you sure anybody's going to actually enjoy this? No, no, we don't have time for that. I need somebody in my life that can say, listen, I hear what you're saying. And something in my heart is leaping for what it is. I believe God is speaking to you. So although I don't see everything you see, I've got your back enough to know I'm going to hold up this ladder until God shows you everything you dreamed. Every dreamer needs people in their circles that can help them interpret and understand. So we got a king with a vision he can't explain. He doesn't understand what he's seeing. And he doesn't understand what it means. Now there's a lot we can understand and take in our life. Because how many of you have seen God show you something large for your life? And although you see it, you don't understand it. Here's what I love about God is that he loves us so much in our brokenness that he tends to give us a glimpse of what he would do if we stepped out on faith and just leaned in a little further. 
So even though God knows there's some things we have to work out in our life, there's some struggles that we're dealing with, we got some habits that only him and I know about, God says, I'm going to give you enough of the vision so that you keep going and know that there's more to you than your struggle. There's more to you than your circumstance. There's more to you than that situation. God gives us a glimpse so we continue to run and dream bigger. You're not crazy. Somebody say, I'm not crazy. They don't believe you. Tell somebody, say real quick, look at them, say, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Sometimes dreamers are stuck trying to decipher what they dream. This opens up a problem for every dreamer. How do I interpret what I see? This is where it's critical that you have the right type of people in your life. The king had a dream. He wanted it understood. He wanted it interpreted. So who did he call? He called everybody whose job it was to interpret that dream. Now there's a lesson and a principle in this. He called the sorcerers. He called the soothsayers. He called the psychics. He called the prophets. He didn't care where the answer came from. He said, everybody come to me. Here's where it's important. You want to know how you can weed out your friends? Bring them all to the table and let them actually have to walk in the title you gave them. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? I don't have any prophets or soothsayers or sorcerers. Yeah, but you got people who call themselves friends. Now, what happens when I bring you to the table and I need you to act like my friend? Because there's a whole lot of people in our lives who are carrying titles with no fruit. And every once in a while, God's got to show you exactly what you have on your team. So Nebuchadnezzar calls everybody and says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to weed y'all out. If you can't tell me what I dreamt and what it means, I'm going to kill you. Why? Because ain't no sense of you being with my life if you're going to carry a title and can't do the work. I need somebody who can help me. If you're going to be the one to speak into me, God needs to show you what he's showing me. Here's how I love how I know I'm connected to the right people. Because I don't have to spend time explaining everything God's doing to the right people. Because God will reveal it to me and reveal it to them. I ain't going to have to work overtime and try to convince you to have my back. When I get in the room, you're going to say, that makes sense to me. Because something in my spirit is saying, let's go. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Can, can I personalize this? And for those of y'all listening on Echo Passage, it's going to bleed a little bit on this pulpit because let me tell you something. You got two types of people in my life right now. I got the type wondering if it makes sense to run for a council position in Cleveland Heights. And I got the other type saying, Pastor, we need flyers right now and I ain't even on the ballot. Get you some people who can see where you're headed before you get there. Are all the people in your life questioning what God is trying to do next? Or do you have any real folks that say, I see it in you? Everybody in here ought to have somebody in their life. Now, when you tell them your next phase, they say, girl, I knew you had it in you. A man is about time. Let's, let's go. Let's get this together. What can I do to help? Nebuchadnezzar don't got liars. He got a bunch of folks who've been walking around and carrying a title but can't produce the fruit. So now it's emergency time. So here's the situation. What do I do when nobody else can understand what's happening? We haven't even gotten to the hero of this story yet. See, you got Daniel 
has a situation he doesn't know because what you don't understand is the king killing everybody. Every prophet. Everybody in the whole time. Daniel ain't even had an opportunity to figure none of this out. How many of y'all been caught in somebody else's mess and you didn't even see it coming? It's like, wait a minute, I don't even know them like that. How am I in the middle of this mess? Who dropped my name in this? Sometimes you just land in a situation, don't you? How many of y'all say, I was in a situation simply because I got in the wrong car. I thought we was going to get chips. I don't know how in the world we here. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on. Girl, girl, you told me we were going to see your grandmama. We hiding in this man's bushes. I don't know how we got here. Girl, you told me we were going to Applebee's. Now we're on the third club. I got to go home. I got to go to work. What's going on? Sometimes you just land in a situation. I once had a job. And I went to lunch with four co-workers. What I didn't know is that one of those four co-workers apparently act like they didn't need their job. The problem was they were driving. Lunch went over an hour, hour and a half, two. I'm panicking. They in Target. My whole income flashing before my eyes. Their lack of urgency has now caused risk in my life. Because I chose to get in a car with somebody that's mind wasn't where mine was. Now I have to deal with whatever they now decide to drive me into. Which is why to this day, Pastor don't go nowhere with nobody unless he driving. I got to leave when I want to leave. Y'all can have fun. You can Uber out of there. Me, I'm going home. So Daniel... He's got a situation. Somebody say situation. Situation. So let's take a look at this real quick. Go down to verse 16. Verse 16 in Daniel chapter 2. We're going to wrap up this part today. We're going to take our time. we got a couple Sundays left, and I want to make sure I don't speed through this. Actually, let's look at verse 15. It says, he asked the king, this is Daniel, he asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. So stop right there. So Daniel has heard the king's threat secondhand. He goes to a staff member and says, why is homeboy doing this? Then Daniel's like, wait a minute, I, I got to talk to the king because I need some time. How many know if, if your life is going to be in somebody's hands, it should be in your own? Dad's like, you're not going to kill me without giving me an opportunity myself. So I'm going to go in here and talk to the king. I don't know who else he's talking about killing, but I got questions for me. I'm responsible for me. So I need to have a talk with the king because he need to give me some time. So he goes to the king and he says, look, give me some time. I'll tell you what you dream and I'll interpret it for you. Now, you know what I love about Daniel in this story? Daniel is a true visionary and a man full of faith. How do I know this? Because he has no clue what the king has dreamed, but he's positive he's going to come back with something. See, a true visionary knows i got to have enough faith that I'm not going to return empty-handed. I'm going to produce something. I'm going to give it all i got. But what I'm not going to do is sit here next to everybody waiting to die. I'm going to take my life into my own hands and do what I can. So Daniel's like, hold on. I'm going to take this back to God, King Nebuchadnezzar. 
He's going to show me what happened, and we're going to come back and squash all this. Now, that's a man full of faith, because I believe it's one thing that I have to be able to interpret. It's another thing to go to a king and tell him you can do something that you can't do. See, visionaries have to understand it also takes faith and wisdom. But there's something in Daniel that's different than everybody else. And that something makes the difference. Everybody else is praying to objects, praying to things that don't exist. But Daniel says, I serve the true and living God. I know I got the juice. I know I got the power. So it ain't a matter of if God's going to do it. It's when he's going to do it. And since I know he shows up all the time, I wait on the dream. Visionaries, you got to understand that when you walk into a room, you have something nobody else has. You got a relationship with Christ. Ain't no reason you ought to be panicking like everybody else. Somebody say, I got the juice. Yeah. He ain't say, I, I hope I can do this. He, he, he didn't tell the king, could, could, could you get, give me 100 years to come up with something? He says, no, I got this. He tells the king this. Look at the text. Look at the text. Look at the text. Verse 8 says, actually, can we, can we jump this? Let's do this. Let's do this. Look at verse, let me show you how cocky he is. Verse 31. Verse 31. So God gives Daniel the dream and gives Daniel the vision. Verse 31 reads, You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the gold, excuse me, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor. In the summer, the wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Verse 36 says, this was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. So number one, he says, this is what you dream. He didn't ask him for confirmation. Daniel keeps talking. He says, that's what you dream. Let me tell you what it means. Do you have that kind of confidence that you don't need confirmation from nobody else? It's simply, I said what I said. Let's move on. So Daniel says, here's what you dream. Now let me tell you what it means. This is, I can't help myself. There is something in being confident in the things of God. All right. Verse 37 says, you, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the fields and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise. He simply goes down and tells them that every kingdom after the kings is inferior to his. But God will keep a remnant of people to make sure that he always remained on the throne. That there was always a peace there. Now this ain't the part that makes me shout. Can I skip to the good part because I got to go. My mama got corned beef. Look at verse 45. Verse 45, Daniel says, this is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain. But not by human hands, a rock broke and the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. 
the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. This is my favorite part. The dream is sure, is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. That's a bold statement to make before a king who still hasn't told you you're right. He said, my dream is true. Some interpretations say, and my interpretation is sure. In other words, you can take that to the bank. Ain't no discussion. Ain't no confusion. I said what I said. God gave it to me. Visionaries, look here real quick. How confident are you in what God has shown you? That you can walk into a room and no matter how many people support you, no matter how many checks they write or don't write, that you'll still say, God said what he said and I saw what I saw is going to happen. Or are you waiting on other people to confirm what you know God already showed you? See, people tend not to move because God's not moving, but many people don't bust a move because they got no support. You waiting on five people to support you that God don't even need to make it happen. You waiting on the sky to open and everybody decides you're the one. But there are some people that won't recognize your worth and value until your dream becomes a reality. And if you sit there and never do anything, they'll never think you have accomplished nothing. You got to move whether people catch it or not. Is this good with y'all today? Somebody say, my dream is sure. My interpretation is certain. I saw what I saw. You have to get in a place in your life where if another person never sees what God has shown you, you don't give up on your dream. You don't give up on your vision. You don't turn around and rethink what you saw because you didn't get enough likes on Facebook. Ain't nobody share your business flyer. You gotta still know, even if don't nobody else ever know, I'm still a badass at what I do. I'm still going to get the job done. I'm still going to secure this bag. I'm still going to bless my family. I'm still going to buy that house. I'm still going to open that business. I'm still going to take that ministry to another level. If if nobody else ever sees it, God's already shown it to me. You got to get it in your spirit that I don't need confirmation from just any old other Negro on this planet no more. If it's just me and God, it's just me and God. But I'm going to turn this city upside down. I'm going to turn my family upside down. My finances are going to another level. You got to start speaking what you see. Can my dreamers give me a what, what? Yeah, we got to have a spirit of expectation that God's going to do it. You got to be like Daniel. I know what I saw. And I'm so confident in it that if not another person see it, I'm going to make this thing happen. See, next week we got to talk about the reward. But I had to get this to you today because some of you guys have seen the situation, but you don't realize God has already provided the solution. Look here real quick at everybody listening on Echo, everybody on Facebook Live. I want you to hear me clearly. Most of the solutions you have been praying for are wrapped up in that vision you won't walk out. We pray for more money. We pray for peace in our house. And God is saying, work your plan. That book you won't write that you don't think nobody's going to read, that's how you're going to build your house from the ground up. Those songs, those clothes, oh yeah, that's how God's going to get it done. 
You've got to start walking in what you've been seeing. That is the answer to your prayers. If I sit on my vision, I'm going to keep myself in lack. Everything that God wants to do in your life is sit in a dream. That's why when you try to get a regular job, you feel uncomfortable. That's why when everybody else is in a room and they all relax, you looking for what's next, ready to go to your next level. There's nothing wrong with you, but something on the inside of you says there's got to be more for me. You ain't trying to dog nobody else. You just say, don't hate on me because I want more. Maybe I don't want to spend the rest of my life in this neighborhood. Maybe I don't want to spend the rest of my life driving those type of cars. Maybe I want to wear something a little bit better than what I have. It doesn't mean I'm better than you. God just showed me greater. Don't knock me for the size of my vision. But you better watch me for the size of my hustle. Oh, because there's some stuff I'm about to do that's going to blow your mind. And I submit to you that at least five of you in this room got a vision so big you're going to make somebody else dream larger. This is the season of the dreamer. We're going after stuff they never thought we would have, that they never thought we would pursue, that they never thought we would just continue to go, even though we've gone through situation after situation, and folks have walked out and stabbed you in the back and stabbed you in the face and scandalized your name all over time. But you're still here. Because the vision keeps bringing you back. It is time for every dreamer to walk in the full weight of your dream. You will not shrink yourselves to make yourself fit into a room again. You won't hide your ideas or keep your dreams yourself because you're afraid of the opinions of others. This is the season of your life. You go whether they come with you or not. Somebody shout amen. amen. Come on and give God some praise in here. I pray part two of Dreamer series was a blessing to your life. If it was, consider sowing a seed on our website at empowermentcity216.org or shoot us a seed in our cash app at dollar sign Empowerment City. Join us each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. I hope to see you soon at the Empowerment Church. I love you. Have an amazing week.